This is the Common Sense Podcast presented by Tamar. I'm your host, Tamar Weinberg, founder and CEO of Tamar, and I will be talking to people of all walks of life who have suffered adversity and overcome to rise above the ashes and now make self-care and wellness an absolute priority. Hey everybody, I am so super excited to be introducing my old friend, known him for over a decade and a half maybe, uh, Saul Colt. I think you're in Toronto, but maybe you're not anymore. I don't know where you are. So yeah, um, <laughs> you could introduce yourself and thank you for coming. Tell us where you are right now, what you're up to. Hi, right, so Tamar, thank you so much for having me uh, on on the show. This is uh, exciting. It's always nice to, um, it's just always nice to chat with you. Uh, so uh, I I am in Toronto right now. I, I'm sitting in my my uh, home office basement, um, you know, talking to you. And and um, as far as what I'm up to, I uh, right now I'm uh, you know many many people know me for running the idea integration company, my non traditional marketing company, but I'm also uh, the the CMO right now of a uh, new company as yet sort of announced uh, but it's called AutoZen and uh, it's still a little uh, on the secret side but we'll be uh, we'll be announcing it in a couple months and hopefully it'll take the world by storm cool cool yeah don't worry you, I'm glad you're like you're not too worried that this is gonna have massive distribution and everyone will find the, the cat will be out of the bag before that beforehand so well I'm I'm gonna share this with everybody I know so yeah um, you're gonna see your numbers just you know yeah Woohoo! I'm so excited about that yeah um, yeah, you know podcasts in general these days. Everybody's on a podcast. I have a podcast recording, <laughs> recording every single day almost. It's insane. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's hard because it's the harder, it's the harder platform, it's the harder uh, medium to to use because you really have to have undivided attention to really be focused on it. So, reading like I have a million tabs open, and I know I'm eventually going to get through everything. But when it comes to a podcast, everyone's like, you have to listen to this one and this one and this one and this one. I'm like, how do you have time? Because mm. you really have to. You can't. You can't. You can read like 15 articles a, the, a day. You cannot listen to 15 podcasts. So mm-hmm. I'm proud of everything. But I, I do, uh, I do love the idea of podcasts. Uh, you know, from from a, a marketing standpoint, even just like a human standpoint, because um, you know it it really is the most intimate medium I can think of. I listen to podcasts with headphones directly inside of my ears. I listen to them in bed. I listen to them in my car. I listen to them exercising. So for the most part, when I do carve out time for podcasts, I'm completely focused and I'm, I'm not using it as a second screen. I'm not listening to a podcast and watching TV or scrolling through Instagram. So, uh, and you know, I, I listen to the stuff I want to listen to. I'm not being forced to, you know, consume ads or, or, or anything like that. So I, I, I love the, the medium of podcasting, but man, is it hard to, to create a podcast and promote a podcast and, and, you know, hit schedules uh, you know i've been doing my own podcast for for about two years i've done over 50 episodes uh but i haven't um you know i i've literally got three recorded podcasts that i haven't edited or shared uh, just because you know kind of work is is taking over my life so you know as far as sending out a tweet and you know it takes 30 seconds or or whatever when you think of podcasts all the work you have to do editing promoting you know uh you know it's it's demanding but it's rewarding at the same time yeah yeah i i I don't have 
I know and I've always felt this way since I was a young child and I was being tested on those achievement tests. I, I never had the ability to be able to focus and listen the way I wanted to. So I think it takes more mental capacity for myself to kind of focus and therefore podcasts are never like my perfect medium. I think even television is almost like sometimes I struggle even just watching the TV show. Um, my mind, I don't know if it's an ADHD mind, sort of. I don't have ADHD, so it's probably not. But I do have a means, like, I do have the inability to have that focus level that I want. It's like, I want to join Reddit's uh, IWTL, I want to learn, and just, like, see what advice people would have. Ask them, hey, I want to learn how to focus better. I want to learn how to listen better. And they're going to be like, oh, you need to take, you know, some sort of medication like Adderall. <laughs> I've taken it, but it hasn't done anything for me. And, again, not I don't have ADHD, so... I might have ADD, but I don't think so because that didn't help me. So I don't know. Um, but so it's hard, and I, I admire you be able to be able to do that because I, I don't know. I, maybe it's just that we have only we all have twenty four hours in the day. There's just so much you can do. The only time I listen to podcasts is when I take walks and outside, and we're minimizing on that right now because it's the weather and everything. So it makes it, mm-hmm. it makes it difficult. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I agree with you. I think I think it's a great platform. You know, if nothing else, it's the fact that we can intimately connect with each other at the moment of recording. So that that also has like you know, there's some merits to that as well. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So um, I I don't know if you have some crazy career trajectory going that you've like you've been in the marketing space for I guess since I've known you. I mean, I know you from that world my marketing world going from marketing to fragrance do you have like a, a story that uh is an interesting story that ties into that or how does that what does that look like for you what was your yeah, career so, trajectory? I, so so i would say that um i've had a a career that i probably would not wish on anyone okay um and 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 what i mean by that it has been you know i i've I've had incredible successes and many, many highs, but I've also had many lows. So, you know, my career trajectory has been like a roller coaster. Uh, you know, it, it has not been smooth. It hasn't been uh, consistent. Or, well, that's not true. It's been consistent. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, so for, for people who don't know me, I, I, I um, you know, some of my some of my sort of resume credits. I was the uh, first international employee of Zipcar and launched Zipcar into Canada. I uh, was the first marketing person at FreshBooks and you know took them from 240,000 users uh, when I started to a million and then 4.5 million before I left. And you know I, I've uh, I'm, yeah, I'm still I've, on FreshBooks because of you, by the way. Okay, good. But it changed I, I, so much. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. But... It's good that you are. I might, I um, might be. I'm, I'm actually potentially interested in switching up, but because they've changed, they they migrated, and it's not the same star feel that they used to have. So yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't looked at it in a while, so I'm not, I'm not, I can't comment. Um, but you know, I've, 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 I've had, you know, I've launched, uh, you know. I've been entrepreneur in residence for you know a fourteen billion dollar company. I've been you know all these amazing things. I'm CMO now of a of a company called AutoZen that has every indication that it should be you know this huge huge thing as long as you know I can figure it out and and uh, you know sort of put some pieces together. But you know along that way, 
you know, I, I've, I've, uh, you know, I'm not a classically trained marketer. I, I sort of uh, grew up in a family business, and you know, the, the, I went to the best business school in the world, which was working beside my dad for 15 years, and, and you know, I, you know, it's funny. I, um, I, I've spoken at NYU and Stanford, and you know, the, the biggest Canadian B school, and I always tell people it's, 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 it's hilarious to me that. I, you guys invite me to speak and share my wisdom at places that would have never accepted me as a student. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's sort of, you know, funny that way. But, you know, because I'm not a classically trained marketer and I'm, I'm reasonably self-taught, I do things a little differently. And I may not know all the acronyms to hang out in, in a, a fancy meeting and room. And, you know, the the way I do things, people stare at and and either think I'm I'm you know stupid or or whatever. But you know, like I've figured a lot of stuff out on my own. But because I figured out a lot of stuff on my own, and there has been some trial and error. Like I've been thrown out of companies. I've I've uh, you know I've done great work, but I usually end up wearing out my welcome after 24 to 36 months. Uh, you know, I don't have. Uh, very long stays at places, you know, and when, when I say long stays, like, you know, it's like two years, two and a half years, which, you know, nowadays could be a lifetime for some people. Everybody switches every 10 to, to 15 months and stuff like that. But, right. you know, as being a little older and, and, you know, working next to my dad for so long, you know, it's like, I, I'm I'm one of these guys that wants to work at the same place and be happy for 15 years, but I don't think that that even happens anymore because companies get sold or they they die or or stuff like that. But like you know, I've had I've, like I said, I've had great highs, I've had great lows, I've I've uh, you know, it's just um, you know. I sometimes wonder, and and also part of the reason I've had you know the, this roller coaster career is I've always believed in being very public about, you know, my professional uh, sort of uh, endeavors and being very public on social media and and sort of being a larger than life character. And what happens is you end up putting a target on your back. And I tend to thrive in that environment, but it's also exhausting. And, and you can only take so much <laughs> sort of grief and abuse from people uh, for so long before, you know, you sort of have to uh, scale things back and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I think all the time, you know, it, you know, would I wish this on anybody else? Probably not, um, you know. And and uh, when I do speak at, at B schools and and other places and at conferences uh, about personal branding and and careers and things like that, I always tell people. Um, you know, you have to figure out what's best for you and don't copy me. I never want anyone to copy me. I'm hoping people will be inspired by me and my stories and things. But, you know, you can, you know, to to mirror everything I've done, I don't think would even work anymore. Uh, you know, like I, I, I'm reasonably inappropriate by choice. Um, you know, the the world has sort of changed a little with a, a little bit more politically correctness. I start I've started censoring myself. Um, you know, much more than I ever did at the beginning of my career. It's like the things I think are funny. You know, maybe aren't you know what uh, the, the mainstream thinks is funny. So I, I've become the dog thinks it's funny though. 
Yeah, dog. <laughs> sorry. I, I become, no, don't worry about it. Dog. Yeah, I, I become uh, far more um, conscious of the things I say and and how it affects other people. Like I, so it's funny. Like you know, you ask me about career tra- trajectory. I believe over the last ten years, I've become twice as smart as I was when I started. I've I've become twice as evolved as when I started. And um, you know, like I, I in the beginning. The beginning of my career was all about, um, you know, like, you know, I'm the greatest, get on my shoulders and I'll carry you to success. And now it's I, I, it's really more about I'm the greatest. I still think I'm the greatest, but I, I want to, you know, I, I want to teach people around me where before I think I, I hid my secrets as best as I could because I was so afraid of being, um, you know, not needed. And now I, I want to teach everybody what I know so I can either, you know, have this weird legacy thing um, or just, you know, I, I like the fact that I know shit that nobody else knows and 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 I like to share it with people. So I, I think my my career trajectory has changed. My my personality has changed. The, my viewpoint on the world has changed. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still generally inappropriate. I still, you know, do things for myself that I think is funny and, and, you know, and, and sometimes I'm reckless with my own personal brand, but I'm never reckless with the brands of people around me or, or corporate brands or, or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So first I want to say that I, I, there is like, uh, I see some parallels with you and me, like, you know, you don't necessarily want people to follow your trajectory. I, I've also worked in, I mean, my world has been a little less uh, established than yours. So you know, you worked with companies that ultimately become huge, and I have worked with companies that are generally very fickle. So, my you know my LinkedIn is only representative of just part of that picture. I've worked with so many startups where like I was not given any visibility into like oh we only have a four month runway like you know <laughs> I'm not going to put that on my resume because well, what that means is that there's they only can pay you for four months or two, <laughs> you know, and they don't, they don't even tell you that. And you're basically meant to, to write this, like, you know, sinking ship and it's, it's super difficult. Um, so, you know, there have been, it, it's just, it's extraordinarily difficult. Um, and in that, in that context, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's challenging, but I do want to say that, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm, I will always be, when you talk about like educating, I, I will always, I'm always willing to be a, a willing student of yours. I remember, I don't remember what event it was called, but I remember that you and I, um, we were, we synced up, I don't know when this was, maybe like 2010, 20, something like that. Went to Chelsea Piers and there was an event um, with, uh, it was like an Andy Cernovitz event. I forget what he called it. And you had spoken and you gave like, I think you, maybe you keynoted or you spoke that day. And I was just so blown away by like your creativity and everything like that. So I am, always keen to participate and just so you know that i i've i've been a huge fan i mean since the beginning but like that was like that sealed the deal for me so yeah you're a creative dude you're like you do things a little bit offbeat and i mean you know i'm 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 disappointed in a way that you like feel like you have to like kind of um shy away from that because like i mean that's that to me is like what brings like you know like i feel like was that uh they they launched their that brand they, they recently launched liquid death which is basically um uh, canned water. <laughs> I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like you're like, that's that, that could have had your trademark on it. Like you're just like that creative dude who just like does things that are completely off the beaten path, but like res- they resonate so well. And I, so, for one, I'm like, I'm blown away by you. So, 
Well, so, so first of all, thank you. I appreciate that. I remember that event. Uh, Andy, uh, I haven't talked to Andy in a long time, but uh, he's, he's really a, a good guy, and he was very, um, very helpful for me uh, sort of getting my speaking career going. He would always invite me to his events. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very grateful for Andy. I am, um, you know, it, it's funny. Like, I, when, when I say I, I censor myself a little bit more, you know, I've noticed, like, I, you know, I, I still want to push the envelope. I still want to do stuff that, you know, knocks people on their ass. And, and you know, like, I always pitch those to clients. But whether, you know, and it's not just COVID and 2020 and things like that. I just find brands in general are becoming a lot safer and, and people don't want to take chances. So, you know, when, when, I, when I talk about my career and uh, even just like my, you know, my personality, I find that, you know, part of the reason I, I don't, uh, I tend to wear my welcome at, at companies is because like it's, I'm just not a good personality fit in a lot of places. And, and that doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make them a bad person. Um, just like I want to do things. I want to be great. I want everything. I, I want to make the people around me great. And there's sometimes companies just don't want to do that. And, you know, are they right? Are they wrong? I don't know if I have enough information at the time to say, but I could tell you that customers want to be touched by by brands and, and they they want to see cool stuff and they want to have things to talk about and they want distractions. And, and you know, the reason that I, I've talked myself into, whether I'm right or wrong here, um, is that for the most part, you know, companies are run by people. And senior management uh, sometimes are, you know, they're, they're hesitant to do really risky things because ultimately their jobs are on the line. And there's so much like, you know, career uncertainty, even at the highest positions that, you know, it's like, well, why, why would I bother? Uh, why would I bother taking a giant risk? There's there's a great, um, you know, chapter in in a uh, the, the, there's a book by Bill Carter uh, on the uh, Jay Leno and Conan O'Brien sort of Tonight Show debacle, and uh, and in it they talk about um, the uh, the president of uh, NBC when um, uh, and, and actually now I'm getting it wrong. There's a great chapter in the oral history of Saturday Night Live. I'm getting my my late night talk show books uh, or late night pop culture books mixed up, where uh, Lauren Michaels goes to the president of NBC and he he threatens to quit if they uh, if they don't uh, you know do something that he wanted to do and the guy goes quit, and he goes well you're gonna let me quit, and he goes absolutely he goes he goes you're never wrong by saying no, and I'm saying no to you you don't like it. But, you know, if I say yes and it blows up in my face, I've got to deal with it. But I'm never wrong by saying no. And and that always, like, stuck with me. And I might be internalizing it and I might be making excuses why why people don't love, you know, what I do or, or want to take chances. But I do think a lot of senior people have the mentality that they're never wrong by saying no um, because, you know, you can't be measured by something that never happened. And, and man, wouldn't marketing be way more fun if everybody was kind of like KFC? So like Kentucky Fried Chicken is a brand I never eat. I, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, it's just not like my thing. But, 
man, are they like in the Hall of Fame of doing edgy stuff with, you know, getting a different celebrity for every commercial to play the Colonel. They've got that um, crazy romance movie with Mario Lopez is coming out. They've got KFC scented fire logs that you could buy in stores. Like they take every edge and every chance and, and they get rewarded for it every time. But people just don't see that or they're they're too afraid to do it but man like if if every brand did two or three edgy things a year and even if one didn't connect with people they would still be considered like heroes and champions to the to the people that use their product because i think like we're all looking for people to do cool stuff we're all looking for something to talk about you know it's like uh you know we're, we're all stuck at home you can't you know i i've got you know, friends of mine who I talk to every day that like the, the closest people in my life. And I don't even ask how, <laughs> you know, how are you doing anymore? Cause like, I, I know what, how they're doing. Like we're not doing anything. It's a, instead of asking, how are you? Or what are you up to? I ask what, what TV are you watching or things like that? Because like, we just don't have that much to talk about. And, but we need that human connection. It's a, it's a really, really weird time right now. And brands, could be taking advantage of this but but they're not yeah it's unfortunate but uh, yeah i don't I, it's it's tricky because i feel like you know everybody comes from a, they're rooted in a particular um beginning and you know maybe that's where they're edgy you know it's representative of a couple people in the company like for me i'm 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 not edgy but i'm very raw and vulnerable if this thing blows up which i like to think it will Will my story be the thing that they're going to hear? Most people don't really follow brands for their stories. They follow brands for their products. So it's, you know, Simon Sinek, he writes the book, Start With Why. And it's all about, like, you know, Apple is is huge because they had a story. Like he talks about Apple repeatedly throughout the book. And, um, you know, their, their commercials, it's all about approachability of that particular, like, you know, the storyline that they made things easier and whatever it was. Um, but you know, eventually everybody follows suit because there's a couple of people who are the tastemakers who basically try it out. Um, that's not something like eventually when things get so big, it's not about the story anymore. It's more about the products. Uh, and you know, there's eventually that tipping point and then what happens? Are people going to be like KFC? I don't know. I think it, I think it's still, you know, to, to a lot of people, it's still about the story. You look at companies like Columbia Sportswear, who um, do so much for the environment and donate so much money. And you look at companies like Nike, who, you know, they, they take a stand on things like Black Lives Matter and and supporting athletes. And, and you know, they, they, they invest so much money into programs to, you know, work on childhood obesity and stuff like that there. I think that they're, the story is still important to a lot of people. If you, uh, you know, the, the product I think will, will create loyalty. Uh, but the, the story is what makes that identification point for you. Like, you know, for your fragrance, um, I think the story is going to be absolutely what, what draws people in. Obviously the fragrance has to, to be great for people to stay, but like for people to, you know, like, you know, you think of Calvin Klein fragrances, you know, it was, it was all about, you know, um, aspirationally looking like the the models and i know your fragrance is is the complete opposite of that you want no part of the sexualization of fragrances and things like that and and that is the reason 
people will give you a try. So like I, I I'm I'm still like I think stories are still the thing that that wins uh, you know you know wins mindshare. Okay. Yeah. All right. I guess I guess I'm gonna hope hope that that happens for me. <laughs> it's a matter of time to kind of figure it all out. I mean, people tell me this story is amazing. But it's only me and me, myself and I right now, and I'm bootstrapping it in a way that I'm doing things really unconventionally. It's very difficult. But I do have mm-hmm. a good story, and I know that, and I believe in that. So I like hearing that from you. Thanks. So let's talk about, let's move into, like, the, the story, I guess, the adversity side of this podcast. You know, um, you know, my story obviously comes from adversity, so that's a big component of the Common Sense podcast. Tell me a little bit about your story. And by the way, everybody, I have no idea what he's about to say. All right, so I'll tell you, you know, like uh, I got I got a hundred work adversity stories, but you, you told me before we hit record that you want uh, kind of like a, a real life personal uh, adversity story. So this is something like I, I don't talk about very often, but I have been open about it. So it's not like a, a world exclusive. If you're friends with me on Facebook, you you know, and you paid attention when it happened, you, you would have known about it. But, you know, like uh, I'd say the biggest thing in my life that that is is sort of caused me adversity and and changed everything about the way I think is and I, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> this is gonna sound so stupid this is like the biggest thing that's ever happened in my life and I, I couldn't tell you the date because I, I'm just bad with like timelines you, you said your brain doesn't um, you know follow along with podcasts and TVs I, my brain doesn't remember like years and dates everything just melts together but I think around 2010 2012 something around there um i i spent third 13 days in in intensive care and and my parents were told that i was going to die like three times over that time i and you know like i i went to the hospital with um with just a fever and and thought you know i was having flu-like symptoms and like two days later i, I like i was just sitting in the emergency room and two days later i woke up on like a breathing machine and and uh, heart monitors and and everything like that and um like you know it's 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 such a weird thing to like you know people you know people say they almost die all the time and you know maybe it's just you know they're feeling bad or whatever but like i was in a coma for like five days and you know 13 days total of uh uh being in the intensive care unit and and stuff like that and it was just this weird freak kind of like reaction to to like something i don't know you know it was never fully determined what was wrong but you know from that almost dying you know it's 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 uh, it sort of changed everything and, and a lot of the things that that people you know think of me and know about me and you know the fact that i i speak my mind and i'm very strongly opinionated and and uh, you know it's like i don't uh, you know I, I, if if you're bad to me I, I, you know, I, I fight for a little bit to save friendships and relationships, but um, if they're not working, I just sort of move on and don't look back always forward because, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just one of those things where when you're, you're, you're lying in a hospital bed and you're, you're getting your diaper changed every day because you're, you can't, you know, leave the machine. It, it, it changes your perspective on everything in the world and what you want to do. And you understand sort of like how much time you have left. And, and, you know, like I'm, I'm, you know, like I, I, 
I'm the most laid back person. I, 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 I'm not aggressive. I'm not confrontational. Um, so, but you know, like, but at the same time, if you're not good to me, I'm not going to let you in. And if you're, you're good to me, I'm going to give you every inch of me and every ounce of me and, and try to make your life better and, and things. So I'd say from an adversity standpoint, you know, like, you know, you know, up until that point, I was probably a lot more arrogant than I am now. And I was probably, you know, uh, less concerned with other people's feelings and, and things like that. And, and, you know, just quiet time strapped to a breathing machine, uh, sort of gives you a time to not think about work and not think about things and, and changes you want to make. And, and, you know, I, I don't think I've, I've made all the changes and I'm not fully evolved and, and, you know, there's still, you know, I'm, you know, I still accidentally hurt people and, and stuff like that. But, uh, but that, that sort of changed the way I look at everything. And, you know, like even, even, you know, we had a conversation, I don't remember when, maybe seven months ago, a year ago, probably, I don't know, it could have been a while when you, you just wanted to pick my brain about your fragrance. And, you know, I gave you an hour and like, I would have given you that time anyways, cause we're friends, but I try to do more things like that because I kind of realized, you know, that, that, you know, like I, I have things I can offer to people and I should be sharing them and I shouldn't be, you know, trying to take over the world and, and sort of, uh, you know, in this solitary environment. So, you know, when I talk about I want to teach and I want to share and I want to do all those things, it's probably a little bit of just getting older and it's a little bit of like just really how my whole view of the world changed from, from you know, just a, a weird freak, you know, accidental thing that, uh, uh, you know, that happened. And, and for all you people who are going to try to fill in the blanks, it wasn't drugs. It wasn't anything like I, I, I don't drink or do drugs and I never really have, um, all, all my vices are sexual. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't have any, you know, sort of, uh, addiction sort of things. It's just a, one of those, one of those weird things that, you know, it's just like, uh, uh, you know, it's just, something happens and your body just doesn't uh, doesn't agree with it and and uh, that's that's kind of where I ended up where I am now so it, it changed everything and and uh, you know I'm not going to say it made me a better person or anything like that but it certainly is has changed the way I I try to be you know in the world yeah wow I think I remember that I, I mean, you know, I didn't realize that would be your defining thing story, but it makes mm -hmm. sense. I mean, you know, like one day everything's okay and every, it's like one day everything is, you just, it, it just blows, it, like it's crazy. Like I, I, I never mm -hmm. identified with that, like when your world is turned upside down in that way. And mm -hmm. I know this is weird and I, I'm not, I'm just going to give you like this, this corollary correlation here. Um, oh. Like when coronavirus hit, uh, you know, it was like we didn't we knew that we might be in new york and there was one patient in the united in the united states well, at least in one, one patient in new york city who had it and the next day um you know my kids are on the way to school and i get a call saying the buses are being turned around there's there's something there's there potentially is coronavirus and that was the beginning of the end for us basically and like i said to myself i i, I was interviewed for, by the bbc in the beginning because we were part of this uh they called the containment zone it was a one mile radius where the uh 
governor pulled out rolled out the national guard and kind of protected the community because we were there were a thousand of us who were had this exposure and of which about 10 percent of us i would say if not more um had ended up getting coronavirus in to some degree and because a lot of us were tested so that's why we have like this this, this i guess higher than usual uh president of how many people got sick but i remember just saying to myself like we uh, it was like you know it's akin to like having being in a car accident and you're like you know your world is turned upside down and everything changes and the world basically stops spinning for you but everything else it's like it's moving for everyone else so i was a little jealous that everybody else was like out and about and we were kind of confined to our homes and then two weeks later the rest mm -hmm. of the world kind of caught up and i kind of felt a little bit better that i wasn't all alone uh it sounds selfish to say that but at the same time like it was it, it that's like it's for you i mean I, I only can imagine just like you know being tied like you know all these things coming out of you and and, and tubes and all these things and you're just like crap like it's I, I can't i can't really get like identify with that in the same way mm -hmm. uh because you know the whole world kind of changed but like you know but i have to say i'm just grateful that you're here and that you're you know you're able to share and educate because you know there's so much that you have to bring to the world and um you know i've always said like i you're like one of the coolest people that i know and like i'm i've always in like i'm just like honored to know you you know and well, thank I mean, you yeah people people really need to realize that Saul is like he's this unconventional dude who just is effing amazing that's that's all i have to say mm -hmm. i mean it's very little else I can say uh, about that mm -hmm. to just talk about the caliber of like the kind of person you are in your creativity mm -hmm. and your, I mean, you just see the guy, he has cool glasses, he wears, he, he dresses the part. I mean, he's just, you're just a this dude who, and, and you, you like, sometimes you make cool, like you superimpose your head on different bodies. Like I remember those things that you've done, those, those videos, <laughs> those pictures, like you're just, you're just, you, you, you got it going on. And um, like going back to what you said before, I just wish more people would embrace that. Uh, these these to be a little edgy and different uh, and they're not but yeah mm -hmm. anyway. well, but, you know it's interesting when you said you, you felt selfish I don't think that's an unreasonable um, thing you know like the you know you were everyone's been affected by COVID obviously to different degrees and there's some people who um, don't take it seriously I take it very seriously because you know I, I have a compromised immune system and and things like that and so like I you know I, I basically only leave my house to go to the grocery store and and uh, you know to, to check in on uh, you know my parents you know my mom passed away uh, in, in September but you know before she passed away I was her primary caregiver taking her to doctor's appointments but other than that like it was never leaving the house but like you know we're, we're, we're 10 11 months into this thing for people who have been taking it seriously and there's a glimmer of hope on the horizon but I still think it's gonna be you know three four months till till you know anything sort of resumes to normal I, I, I haven't looked to see what it's like in New York right now but in Toronto where I am like our numbers are going crazy again and, yeah. and with with the holidays and everything it, it's probably only gonna get worse and um, yeah, like it, it's I have a child in Zoom school right now because his teacher has coronavirus. So, yeah, it's crazy, it's, it's but close to home. I, I think that I think that 
feeling a little selfish is completely acceptable under these circumstances because we're, we're humans and yeah. we we need other human interaction and and uh, it's like you know like it's it's you know so you talk about my pro- professional life uh, you know I've been I've been speaking at conferences and and traveling for work you know pretty much a hundred thousand miles a year for the last decade so like the fact that i haven't been to the airport since february is such a weird thing that and you know like i'm used to it now but it, it was really like weird to like i put my suitcases away i used to always just keep them out because i was always just sort of packing unpacking and the fact that because i've traveled so much for so long like there's people like you like all my friends are usually my, my really dear close friends are in other cities because I, I tend to spend more time on the road than i do at home yeah so there's people who i i love with all my heart who i have not seen um you know since since february and facetime is wonderful and skype is wonderful but there's there's nothing like sharing a meal with somebody like a real meal not right. you know a zoom meal or something yeah. like that even <laughs> even like you know we're, we're it's hanukkah right now and we're recording this you know i've been lighting candles over zoom with like you know family and stuff like that um it's cool, but it's certainly not the same. Like yeah. it's, uh, it's just a, uh, like I, I think you know, feeling a little worn out by all of this is completely understandable. And and anyone who says they're not, I, I don't know if they're being honest with themselves. Like, like um, I hope we never get comfortable in this way. Like I want us to resume, you know, back to to being as much as as normal as we can. You know, once everything's kind of like put behind us, because man like you know it's it's uh you know it's 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 just not not the same yeah i remember when it for ha- when it first happened i was going to the gym literally like five days a week i was going to orange mm-hmm. theory i was going to planet fitness i always i had f45 i went to all these things and obviously i had to stop doing that immediately and then afterwards i felt like i don't even know if i have the uh physical strength to do it and i could never possibly like work out in that to that degree with the mask on, I just can't like, and I love mm-hmm. like, believe it or not, I'm I'm a huge mask advocate. I mm-hmm. wear masks in my house sometimes. People are like, "Why are you wearing a mask?" Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not comfortable in it, but I couldn't like re- running outside. I it like it it it's it's just very difficult because like you, I, I don't know. I obviously like I think everybody everybody you know has to do what they need to do, but I I can't physically go back to the gym, so I set up a home gym at home. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's good, but I, I would say like, I'm a homebody ish. Like I actually, when I was, especially in the throes, like the throes of my depression, um, I was like, I, I pretty much went to pick my kids up from school and go home. And obviously that's evolved in such a way that I go to the gym and I do this. It was very difficult for me to readjust back to that. I remember when I first stopped working in an office and then working from home, like it was a super, super difficult adjustment. Now it's just like this is my life and this is normal normalcy for me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I I think for me and and I, it, to some degree I, I like I I don't know if I like I, I mean I think yeah everybody everybody eventually gets used to it. But I understand for some people that like this is their lives and this is what they need to do and they need to be socially connected and I I definitely em- like I empathize with them. I feel that there is some. There is a struggle. Like, you know, I haven't seen my parents for a year. And 
I mean, that's hard <laughs> with the exception mm-hmm. of like the FaceTime. And sometimes we tried Alexa. We tried Alexa and sometimes she doesn't even make the freaking phone call. And I don't even have an iOS device and I have to use Alexa, just FaceTime, just to, to see my parents. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the th- types of things that we need to do. We used to do Skype and, you know, like these are things, these, you know, we're on Skype now, <laughs> but Skype sort of evolved away. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're obviously, like, you know, my point is that, like, I, I get it, but at the same time, you're right. Like, you, we all have to kind of make the sacrifices and with the exception, with, with the expectation that things are going to change. And I, you know, for me being a homebody and I mean, obviously like ebbing and flowing out of that. Uh, I feel that it has been easier for me, but at the same time, it's never, it's like for anybody, it's not easy. Like, I mean, there's still Mm -hmm. struggles that I have to make all the time and decisions that I have to make. Like, do I want to patronize these, these gyms who are likely failing? Yeah. Hells yeah. But I don't even know if I physically can do that anymore. And, you know, we're like life. It's like, people are saying life is never going to be the same. Life is never going to be the same. And it's such a sad, sad thing, but and it, in a way, it's unfortunately true. But we do hope that we get back to reconnecting with our with the people we love because that's so like that's just it's so important for human for our human selves to you know for coping. And I don't think yeah, we have even, yeah even even for myself like you know you know I have mentioned a couple times there's so many people that I'd love to you know be close to, but um you know besides like the people, as, as a creative person, I find that that. I don't have that regular source of inspiration that I used to. When I would travel, I would take thousands of pictures of, you know, I wasn't like a selfie person, but I would take pictures of, you know, beautiful art and, and you know, interesting buildings and, you know, all, all sorts of different things. It's just anything that caught my eye, graffiti, anything. And uh, just being at home, you know, I'm consuming television, I'm reading books and, and you know, consuming a lot of content online, but it's not, not the same as like sitting in a park and people watching or, 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 or something like that, or eating like a great meal from somewhere that you've never been before. It's, um, it's really, uh, you know, I think, you know, inspiration is, is the thing that, that is really suffering uh, for me. Like, I'm still creative. I'm still good at what I do. But, you know, instead of, you know, 100 ideas a day, I'm down to 50. Yeah. Well, that's good, at least. You can always throw any ideas for fragrance to me. Just so you know, <laughs> I will take any ideas. You can just bump them mm-hmm. into my, punt them into my messenger box or something like that. that. Yeah, I'll take I'll take forty nine. You can give fifty to the fiftieth to somebody else. I don't know. Yeah, but I get it. I get it. I totally I feel you. Um, and 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 there are difficulties with that. Uh, I I I don't even know. Like, I I I just I'm looking back back at my previous life and then looking at now. And I mean I'm zoomed out, so <laughs> there's that too. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. But yeah. So anyway. Let's let's talk about uh, something a little different than, than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about self care. How are you staying sane? With the, you know, besides what we've sort of, well, I don't even know if any of this is helping us stay sane. What are you doing right now to, to give yourself, nourish your psyche and your so uh, physical self? Um. So you know, uh, like you, I set up a home gym. I um, I I exercise 
like almost every day, you know, and it's going to sound stupid. I do it out of boredom. I uh, just sort of made it a routine, but I, uh, I have an exercise bike and I, I watch a movie. Uh, you know, I sort of, <laughs> I sort of got into this routine where I can't watch TV unless I'm, I'm on the bike. And that way I, I get, um, sort of the two, th the thing I need and the thing I want. Uh, so I, I you know, I, I ride my bike for, you know, 90 minutes, five times a week. And it's, it's weird. I'm probably in the best shape I've ever been in, in my life and nobody can see me or touch me. Um, but, uh, besides that, you know, like I, I'm, I'm kind of big on self care and it's, it's only probably the last few years that I've taken it seriously. Cause I've like, I, I found myself burning out quicker and getting, you know, more agitated quicker by stupid things I can't control. So I, you know, like I, I, I love spending time in my bathtub and just turning the lights off and sitting there in the, the, the quiet and the dark and, 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 you know, sort of just, you know, being in bubbles. I, I, I do the exercise. I've got, you know, maybe the, the best dog in the world that I take for walks and, and spend time with. So it's like, a, I've definitely had to change what self-care meant to me because self-care used to be, you know, turn off my computer, go to an art gallery or turn off my computer and, and, you know, spend some time with like, you know, friends and, and things like that. So now it, it's really more, you know, in, in, inward facing, I guess is the right word. But, um, but you know, like I, I, I hope by, you know, at the end of this, I'll just sort of find the balance between the two, but, um, you know, like it's, you know, I, I don't do meditation or any of that stuff. Not that I don't think it's, it's great. I just never made it part of my routine, but I certainly have, you know, uh, like a, a real, necessity to like not work 18 hours a day and and make sure i'm kind of feeding my soul a little bit and make sure i eat properly and 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 uh, also like I, I you know everybody was baking bread and stuff like this at the beginning of covid i am um, i got really really into cooking uh, so, cause I used to just order food all the time or eat out in restaurants. So I, and now I only order food in on, on Saturday night. And that's kind of like the one takeout night. Otherwise, like I'm, I'm making six, six meals a, a week and stuff like that and, and try to make different things all the time and experiment. So, uh, I'd, I'd say, you know, this, this 10 months has been awful, but there's, there are some good things that have come from it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm proud of you. I mean, yeah. And I like, I like that you put your, you've disciplined yourself to only watch television when you're on the bike. Cause yeah, I, I hear you. I totally get that. <laughs> I, 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 I love TV. I would TV. watch yeah. nine hours a day of TV if I, 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 you know, unless I put some boundaries on it, then no work would be getting done and, exactly. and stuff like it. that. That's like my husband, yeah. he's sitting, he sits and watches TV and I hear shit's Creek running in the background and I'm just like that. that <laughs> that whatever that noise of the horn that it's so annoying <laughs> to say I haven't watched it yet because I don't have time these days to watch too much TV mm -hmm. only only the few shows that we we start wa start watching together we catch up together but it's very difficult to kind of make that time so yeah but but you've you've consolidated it's basically the same thing when I exercise I have to listen to a podcast or something mm -hmm. and I do have I do have Netflix and I do have um I have all the stuff set up in front of my treadmill when I do that. It's just I have I've been a little delinquent or otherwise I do a workout in front of the television with like in you know, some sort of like beach body or something like that. You know, it's so it's driven mm -hmm. and it's it's yeah. It's the same idea. 
Um, all right, so let me let me ask you a, a wrap-up question, um, cool. one that I haven't had you prepare for. So hopefully you'll give me a long pause, as everybody does, and, and think about this. Um, if you can give an earlier version of Saul Coates some advice, what would you tell him? Um, so I would I would tell myself to, and it's funny, it's contradictory to everything I've I've said already, but um, I I would tell myself to to even be edgier and to push the the envelope even further, uh, you know, it, you know when I was younger, because, uh, um, you know. It, it took me a little, like, sort of midway through my career before I figured out, you know, sort of how I wanted to brand myself. And, you know, like, I, I was trying to be everything to everybody and, and be your, you know, you got a problem, I can fix it no matter what the problem is. And about halfway through my career, I realized that I wanted to be the best in the world at one thing. So if anyone needed that one thing, I was the only person they thought of. And that one thing was, you know, kind of, you know, memorable, irreverent and and edgy marketing stunts and marketing campaigns and sort of uh, sort of branded myself around that because I think it took me way too long to realize that I didn't want to, you know, be a the the owner of like a hundred person agency i you know I, I wanted to you know sort of have you know two three people doing work we're really proud of and and you know the amount of money you need and the amount of clients you need to to support you know two three people is very different than a hundred people so you know like i i think i played it safe for too long and uh, and i would have you know taken greater risks earlier um, to really establish my brand and, and things. So like, it's amazing, you know, like I, I've been pretty quiet over the last six, seven months. I've been heads down on a lot of work and things, but I still get, you know, I still get inbound requests to speak at things and, and, you know, all sorts of stuff. So like the brand, my brand does have some some power behind it, and I, I wish I had learned that earlier in my career uh, to uh, to sort of build that up or spend more time on it. But you know, even now with with everybody being in home and working virtually, and maybe that carries forward, you, like having a, a a really strong brand is going to be more important than ever because you know pretty much everything that ever happened great in my career was from you know. It came from having the right conversation, being in the right room, or, or you know, someone seeing me speak, and and you know, if those opportunities are are gone for, for people in their career. You're going to have to create a lot of content, share a lot of content, build your brand a lot stronger, and take it more serious. Um, and and I you know, I kind of wish I I had worked on that much earlier. Yeah, well, it's never too late, to be perfectly honest. And if it's not mm -hmm. your own brand, you can, you know, again, I'm, I'm always receptive <laughs> Work to friends' on yours. tips. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Live vicariously through some. No, I, obviously, I want to do it for you. This is not about me. This is about mm -hmm. you. And, I mean, you know, I, I still, you're, you're still memorable for those earlier things. But, yeah, you have your head down. We, we can't see it. And, unfortunately, thanks to COVID, it's difficult. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I take take the opportunity to to speak and do those things if you can because I mean it's not much of a commitment when it's virtual. Hopefully you're being compensated for your expertise though is all I have to say. So because you have you have tremendous amount of that and um, you know I think I think especially if they're profiting off of that it, 
it's it's only it only it's only wise yeah no it's totally fair and i think it's great and i love i love it and i think it, it very you know that still ties into who you are because you are that guy that i know who's just does a little things does things that are completely like a little offbeat but in a way that is memorable in a way that's positive and in a way that doesn't like you know shot scare people away so uh, kudos to you for for that from you know my observations again like I've always been admired. I've always admired you from that side, the sidelines, and now I can articulate that. So it's nice. It's nice to be able to. Uh, I appreciate. It. I've always been a big fan of yours too. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So tell me, tell me, uh, tell everybody where can we find you? Um, you can find me pretty much anywhere on the internet. Uh, my handle is Saul Colt, S-A-U-L-C-O-L-T, all one word, uh, no spaces or dots. Uh, you can check out my work at uh, theideaintegration.com uh, and check out autozen.com. Uh, it's just a, a sort of a, a teaser right now, uh, but check it out and you know, hopefully pay attention to it for when we launch. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Tell, I, I, I'll probably edit this part out, but what, what exactly is it? Can't tell you. Okay. All right. Maybe I should edit that out then. I don't know. All right. We'll see about that. Okay, cool. Thank you so much, Saul. I really, it's been fun and I really appreciated our time together. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. Thank you all again for tuning in. This is your host, Tamar Weinberg of the Common Sense Podcast. Till next time, 